This is CIVL 101.7 in Abbotsford and 92.3 in Chilliwack. We are broadcasting from the University of the Fraser Valley, situated on the traditional, unceded, and contemporary territory of the Stolo people. Today on uh, Bad Writing is Better Than No Writing, we're (laughs) going to do our pilot episode on one of my works. So my name is Jocelyn. My name is Julia. Julia is the writer-in-residence at UFE for this current term. Congratulations to her. Definitely go and get an appointment if you uh, if you want to talk to someone who knows about writing. Appreciate the plug. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be discussing one of your early works. Yes. So this is high school age. Um, so at this point, I had already written quite a few things, but I think I had only completed one work and we'll probably get to that one in a later podcast. Okay. So this is one of your debut pieces. You were, you say you were high school, but you were about how old do you think? I would say, I would say 14 to 15. (sighs) Yeah. So that, that tender age. Right. Okay. What, 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 um, inspired this piece? Well, I've always loved birds. And so for whatever reason, despite me like reading every single book about every bird and finding out about all these cool raptor birds, they're my favorite, I suddenly got a hankering to write about vultures. <laughs> and they're they're considered some of the ugliest of all the birds, but I thought they were so cool. I just I I, I especially the griffin vulture. That one, that vulture is actually just beautiful. So if you ever want to see a beautiful vulture, just search up the griffin vulture. And that's the one that I suddenly was drawing in all of my notebooks. And so, I decided I would write so many stories featuring these, these, in my opinion, beautiful vultures. So you chose like one of the ugliest birds, but the most beautiful of the ugliest birds. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was kind of quirky that way. <laughs> you were just different that way. Yeah. So we have your naming system, which I cannot wait to hear here and i just i can't wait to hear baby jocelyn writing this is the first that i've read of it i think yeah it actually might be i think i showed you some things just before but this is we're gonna dive in for real so when you were writing this were you hoping to write a full novel or was this always meant to be a short story uh, this was definitely meant to be an epic novel that was like a trilogy with like three books. It's always books. a trilogy. It's isn't always it? going to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I that was my deep, deeply thought out plan. I, I yeah, I was, I was actually sending this to my homeschool uh, supervising teacher who lived <laughs> up in northern BC. And I would just email her a chapter a week or so. And um, until on this one, it just kind of fizzled out, unfortunately. (laughs) But I mean, you might understand why as we as we get through it. Okay. Yeah. So so the important thing to remember is that on those podcasts, we're reading old writing that, you know, we consider bad now, but it's better that we wrote this than not writing anything at all. You have to take these first steps into writing and those first steps may be a little bit wonky. Yes, you might find them, in fact, embarrassing later. You might. And then later on in life, you might even, you know, make fun of them on a podcast. But, you know, we didn't (laughs) know that when we were young. We were very proud, very passionate about this writing that we knew was going to get published oh yeah 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 obviously yeah just just like uh just like it works in sports some random person just sees you and they know you're a writer and then you get signed onto a three book deal exactly they look at you in the street and they're like you you look like a person who has written 
a bestseller. Yeah. And you're like, of course. Yeah, it's the glasses. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh, what is this story called? Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was about to get there. So, without further ado, <laughs> here is Feathers of Night by Jocelyn Copeland, chapter oh, one. Is our vultures nocturnal? No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Off to a fantastic start. <laughs> it's probably metaphorical, you see. Oh, okay. Yeah, metaphorical. Baby Jocelyn had a had a handle on metaphors from the get-go. I'm yep. impressed. So opening lines. You don't understand. Nobody understands. Sigareth, <laughs> lower your voice. Why? Why should I? You just took away my friend. I have a right to be angry. The large, towering halls echoed with the two voices. Sigareth, when addressing your father and king, speak in a respectful tone. No, I will not. Sigareth, what? Shut your beak. (laughs) Go to your room now. Sigareth opened his mouth to give a scalding retort, but the look in his father's eyes stopped him short. That rhymed. Fine, he muttered. Turning around, he stormed out of his father's throne room. The vulture king sighed when he was sure his son had left the room. Sigareth, Sigareth, what am I going to do with you? End scene. So much to unpack. (laughs) So they're in a hall. So automatically, we're not imagining birds. So if we picked up this book in a chapter's, Oh my word, I didn't even think about that. I mean, birds cannot, we, as we, I mean, we can assume that they cannot make, they cannot construct a hall in which to be in. They're not, you know, millwrights or they're not people who can make these structures. They make nests and stuff. So like halls were like, okay, these are humans. Maybe even if we saw vultures on the cover, we'd be like, later on, perhaps they turn into vultures. Yeah. The only, the moment we think something is amiss is that the the fantastic line shut your beak yep and even then we're like is he being like facetious is he is this just a phrasing there yeah yeah because it's yeah in a fantasy you can have all sorts of weird weird sayings and then he turns around and storms out which i don't think you can storm out while flying so if i i know that they're vultures i'm imagining him waddling very awkwardly as a vulture in a at a very fast pace out of this hall that was the intent except cool all right yeah (laughs) the other thing that i found hilarious that i didn't even catch the first time is when you know the father says shut your beak and then it says sigareth opened his mouth that's right because then suddenly i'm like oh like he has lips We're, we're back to wondering if they're human it is extremely funny to imagine a throne room with just birds in it like there's a human sized chair but there's just a vulture sitting on it yeah it's not even a perch it's just this the bird sitting on a normal chair yeah uh, the plot twist for this that would be incredible is if it was humans at one point and they all got cursed to be vultures so they're all just trying to make do but that i was not thinking like that back then no these are just vultures they're absolutely just vultures <laughs> well okay ready for the next scene god am i ever ready all right the sun was shining brightly that morning, while many different colored songbirds sang to their hearts' content, flitting about in the trees that grew up the side of the Ashton Mountains. The air was thick with the sound of laughter, singing, and the general chatter of many, many creatures socializing. 
Up the side of one particularly big mountain, a ledge jutted out, casting a shadow over a clump of trees. Even the animals in the shadow were happy and carefree. Only the vulture, who was sitting on the ledge, showed signs of annoyance and lack of content. He was quite mangy in appearance, even for a carrion feeder, and both sides of his face were terribly scarred. Over his right eye was an eye patch, suggesting the one who had made the scars had hit his mark. (laughs) A sigh escaped the beak of the vulture as he turned his back and began, oh, spelling mistake, walling, walking toward a cave that opened up right into the wall of the mountain. So you had some thoughts there, didn't you? Oh, I did. So we have bird seamstresses who can make eye patches in this world. Yeah, I, yes. How does he put it on? What? (laughs) Why are you asking that? (laughs) Oh, you know, just curious. Uh, Not important. Um, I love that in this world, we have the birds that have a consciousness, and then we just have the decorative birds, like songbirds. Yes. So songbirds don't have... They're not at that cognitive level of vultures, from what I can gather, because they're just described as just being there and being scenery, correct? It's true. I I have a feeling I was trying to say that they were also laughing and chattering later, along with all those other other animals. But it is also true that all I said is that they sang. They were mostly just singing. I, I would have just assumed that this was a leftover of describing a human experience right 14 year old jocelyn knows that when you describe a scene that's outside you would describe birds yes yes has that just been a like a wide shot of the palace and that person with the eye sorry the the vulture with the eye patch remember it's a vulture we always have to make sure sorry the vulture with the eye patch is that sagareth this is a different vulture this vulture has an eye patch and the question about if they're seamstresses is actually hilarious because fun fact vultures uh, talons are very weak so i don't know how he even would have been able to put it on but let's just let's just assume he has some friends who can help there is no limit to what a vulture can do when it comes to appearance apparently because he will transcend species abilities because his eye looks wonky yeah well because it's cool which I think is the operative. For okay, I think that that must be the case. Then it's because it's cool. Yeah. So continuing, the the this mystery vulture walks into a cave in the mountain, and he calls Zarathos. He called. Can we have the spelling, please? Oh, absolutely. Zarathos. Z e r o like zero. T h o s. Zarathos. Okay. I mean, it very it does roll off the tongue quite well. But can we have a spelling of Gar- uh What is it? Garrett? Sagareth. Sagareth. Yeah. So Sagareth is S apostrophe G A R E T H. I mean, I would automatically think that this is then a shortened version of a name that would have had that you know vowel there, but that's not the case. Yeah, I know. Like, with that, what, what would have been there before? Like an O, like Sogareth or something. Right. And then they, over time, the vulture cultures. The vulture culture. <laughs> um, over time, the vulture culture decided to drop the O and just make it Sagareth, a very, maybe, maybe a common name for vultures. I think so. So, this, this mystery vulture, uh, Zarathos, he called, What's for Grub? A long silence answered. Malfin, he said to himself, 
There will be a day when you learn how to cook food yourself. Will there? Or else. Zarathos has even tried to show you, but no, you had to go and get depressed all over again about your eye. Your eye. The thing that happened a whole year ago and the thing that you just can't get over. You don't want to eat dead moose again, do you? Yuck. He stood in the cave for a long minute, then shook his head and walked toward the kitchen. <laughs> so, there's also a lot there, huh? <laughs> this whole monologue is quite something. I mean, I don't... Okay, do we know the name of the person speaking? This vulture, this myst- mysterious eye patch vulture is named Malfin. Malfin, he said to himself, yeah. So the, the eye He's patch talking vulture, to himself? Yes. Okay, that's what I missed. Yes. Okay, I thought that it was just this other guy being like, <laughs> get over yourself. Okay, it's him talking to himself, yes. saying like, how dare you, a vulture, not know how to cook? Yep, yep. You don't even know how to cook for yourself, me. Your friend has tried to show you, Zarathos has tried to show you, but you just get depressed about your eye that you lost a whole year ago. That's the only thing keeping him from cooking. That's the only thing that should keep vultures from cooking their meat. Depression. Depression. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that at age 14 or 15, I was like, I understand that like, if you lost your eye or had like a a big traumatic event, like you'd probably need some time to heal. But honestly, a whole year, like you're good after that. That's all you need, right? Exactly. You had very high standards at which people should like the timing in which people should get over things. Yeah. Yeah. How, How is he? Okay. So this, this vulture has been surviving horrifically on raw meat. Yeah, yeah, eating dead moose. Can you imagine being a vulture and eating a dead creature? So is this a Canadian story, by the way? I don't think it was supposed to be, and yet there's a moose here. And yet. Yeah, because I said Ashton Mountains, and there's names like Sagareth. And yet, we have dead moose yeah. making an appearance. Right. Um, so I love the idea that we not only now have vulture seamstresses, vulture uh, architects, Yes. We also have vulture appliance makers. Yeah, yeah. There's a kitchen. There's a kitchen. We also have vulture depression. We have vulture depression. So uh, so t- continuing, the cave of Ashton Mountain, and cave is capitalized, making it seem like this is a specific place. Like everyone knows right. the cave of, of Ashton Mountain. Of course. Yeah. Prime real estate. Of course. Consisted of a vast main chamber accessible to anyone with a large... <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, does it have, like, what are there vultures who need wheelchairs? Yeah, like this? ramps, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's accessible, and yet he's still being mean to himself over yeah. his disability. Yeah, this is a very welcoming place. Except, yet- except for him yeah. being like that to himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with a large number of hollows, rooms, and hallways that were only easy to navigate if you lived there for a good number of days. So Doesn't actually, sound it's like not very accessible, accessible at all. It? It's the opposite of accessible. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you can just find the entrance and then. Good luck. You're on your own. Yeah. The kitchen was in one of the larger hollows, big enough for at least a trillion plants, herbs, spices, etc. <laughs> at least. Yep. Yep. Uh, so they also have like worldwide shipping and, and they're able to get spices and herbs from other countries. And I guess, you know what? They have wings. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the spice trade is alive and well in vulture culture. <laughs> the kitchen was in one of the larger hollows. So I, I, I in this sentence, I also say etc., which is quite funny. Like I just <laughs> do ETC period because that's a normal thing to just put in the middle of a sentence. Did you say like one of the larger hollows, etc.? Well, 
The kitchen was in one of the larger hollows, big enough for at least a trillion plants, herbs, spices, etc. So the ETC period there is just super normal. I love that you not only mentioned the Three same things. thing twice, like herbs and, and plants. Yes, I well, sure I gu- did. I guess like vegetables, but like also etc. Are we going into other types of food or are we just talking about herbs and spices, which are their own kind of category? I would hope that they had meat because that's what vultures eat. No, that's silly. That's yeah, that's silly. Maybe they're like the Twilight vampires. Vegetarian? Except as vultures, they would still be eating animals. Mm. I anyway. think that, I guess in this one, it's like they only eat cooked animals and that's somehow better. Yeah. So so the etc. just, you know, probably includes cooked moose or whatever. Yeah. Uh, to feed an army. So there's a trillion plants, herbs, spices, etc. to feed an army. And I love that that phrasing exists. Therefore, we can assume there is vulture armies. Exactly. Yes. Precisely the reason there were so many. Enough injured animals came to the cave, capitalized, mm. every day that the trillions of herbs were simply not enough to last for even half a year. Oh, there's some math to be done there. Yes. there's So apparently there's a world war raging right now among vulture culture. This is, <laughs> this is the hospital. The cave is the hospital. So then are the herbs and spices for poultices and medicines, perhaps? This is a good question. Yeah, yeah. even though it's a kitchen. <laughs> is this, I don't think that this was designed well as a hospital. Yeah, you might say that uh, the 14-year-old author, auteur, visionary that was myself was kind of just making it up as she went along. I couldn't have guessed that. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. Well, so as he made his way to the kitchen, Malfin thought he could smell something that wasn't right. I love those filter words. Thought he could smell, not just smelled something that wasn't right. No, he wasn't sure about smelling it. Yeah. It got stronger and stronger the closer he got. Soon, he was shielding his nose with his wing. Zarathos, he called right outside the kitchen entrance. Everything all right in there? Malfin? Another vulture, this one much more well-kept, rushed to the door. Heh, you've probably come for breakfast, right? Cautiously... Malfin nodded. <laughs> Zarathos sighed in frustration. Well, guess what, he said. Sintathros. Okay. Okay. New name alert. All right. Spelling. S-C-Y-N-T-A-T-H-R-O-S. Sintathros. It does yes. sound nice. Sintathros. It rolls off the tongue. So Sintathros just had to let the badger in here, even though it... Oh, Oh, is this bird racism? Oh, maybe. Um, Sintathros just had to let the badger in here, even though it obviously does not have a stomachache and is a terrible actor. So it ate a lot. And when I came in here, I found the kitchen filled with smoke and the badger trying to cook something like pancakes. He frowned. I'm not even sure where Sintathros is right now. I had to chase the badger off myself and salvage anything edible, which isn't much. Want to have a slightly burnt vole? (laughs) Wait a minute. Okay. Badger comes in, he starts making, or it, because we don't get a, we do not get a pronoun for this poor badger, yep. starts making pancakes. Yes, pancakes. Pancakes, which is, a, it's like, a, it's a sophisticated meal. It's a, it's a civilized meal. It is. And then, like, like, 
this vulture is like, we don't have much left. Do you want a burnt vole? So where did the burnt vole come in? Was it part of the ill-conceived pancakes or? Uh... In which case, how did he know that this burnt vole was leading to pancakes? And why did he say pancakes with such like venom, like pancakes or something? Yeah, like maybe because he couldn't even recognize them as pancakes. Then how did he know they were pancakes? Yeah, I He's don't just know. assuming here. Yeah, he's a real bird brain. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't see the connection here. Love that they have these like very human meals like pancakes, but also they're sort of sticking to a vulture diet with the burnt vole. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Perhaps pancakes mean something else in the the vulture universe, but I'm just going to assume that they also have agriculture. I hope so. Yeah. Golly, I hope so. Vulture farmers on their... John Deere tractors. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's another rhyme. Vulture agriculture. Ah. <gasps> uh, yeah, I hope boy, we're going we're going to have to find out. This world is getting more and more colorful by the minute and I love it. Okay, Malfin said slightly annoyed. But still, he thought, what do you expect when you live in a healer's house? Mm. Creatures coming at all hours and a cranky badger thrown in to boot. So we have some world building. This is a healer's house. This no. The cave is a healer's house. Right. Zarathos scrounged around the kitchen, trying to find the burnt vole that had survived the carnage. <laughs> Aha! He shouted, pulling it up by the tail. I don't think it survived. One slightly burnt vole, courtesy of the badger. He bowed and handed it to Malfin. How with- is he doing this with wings? With a slight grimace, Malfin swallowed it whole. What a good question. He's like, aha, holding it. So he can't be holding it in his beak. So he is holding it in his wing. Or maybe his little weak uh, talons are, are picking it so. up. I guess so. So he's, okay. Balanced precariously holding this bowl Right, up. exactly. And then he swallows it whole. I love the introduction of like, we were, were reminded with whiplash that these are vultures at random moments because everything is normal and human until... He swallows something whole. Yeah. Not bad, he said. Then he grinned to think that at this moment, other vultures are eating raw and decaying meat. Oh, Zarathos man. nodded. I know. Almost frightening, isn't it? To think that we used to eat things that way. Oh, of my course. <gasps> There's like classism here. Apparently. Also, I want you to imagine a vulture sm- uh, grinning. Hmm. So... I think I think I'm being forced to to picture Disney Pixar animation here, where the beak so. can just shape into anything that's needed, and okay. birds can carry things with their feathers. And that's all I can. I mean, that's all I can see is the albatross in the rescuers being able to grin and hold things. Like this, but yes. I still like the idea of just imagining them as real vultures. Yes, yes, it's very funny to picture these real vultures talking about uncivilized vultures that eat raw and decaying meat. Well, we have the power of fire. So, so Zarathos asks if they, if he wants to clean up, and and Malfin says yes, of course. And there's like fifty ellipses in this, and <laughs> I can't even properly explain that in in speech. So at the end of this scene, Malfin just says "dratted badger," <laughs> because that badger, that it <laughs> was just so annoying trying to make pancakes. Can you imagine? Oh man! All right. So in the in the next scene. And that this will bring us to the this will bring us to the end of chapter t- uh, chapter one. We will introduce a new character named Flicka. Flicka, is it a flicker? No, it's another vulture. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so Flicka is spelled 
F-L-Y-C-K-A. Right. Yeah, so kind of kind of normal. All right. This, it's it. the most normal so far. It's the most normal, like, non-human birdie name that I've heard so far. Exactly, yeah. Yuck! Yeah. <laughs> Flicka, what now? Flicka, the girl vulture... Oh, no. ...of the Sabinlin Desert troops, shook her head and moaned. <laughs> so Sabinlin, of course, you're dying to know how this is spelled. S. Yeah. Apostrophe. Mm. B. Y. N. L A N. All right. Yeah. I love that this is a desert, the famous home of moose. Yes. Yeah. We've had we've had stone halls. We've had a mountain, a cave in a mountain, and now and we trees. Have, we've had trees and shadow. Yeah. yeah. And, and now we have a desert. I am going to assume that these are closer than I would believe them to be. There's a good chance that they're like a you know very very close to right. each other. Of course. Yeah. These completely different biomes. She says. The Jerboas weren't quite dead yet. I can feel one moving in my crop. The what now? Jerboas, the little cute uh, jumping mice. Oh, so this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's complaining about an unfortunately real phenomenon. Once again, we're reminded that she is a vulture. Yeah. There's this gross, uh, gross thing that you're being forced to imagine. A Jerboa moving around in your crop. So are we to believe that she's one of the uncivilized ones? Because she's eating uncooked mm. meat. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, especially if it's still half alive. You're very uncooked. As uncooked as it could be, actually. Yeah, you, you could call it extremely raw. <laughs> Wootor. So once again. Oh, man. W-O-O-T-O-R-E. Wootor. <laughs> the leading general of the desert troops rolled his eyes. Picky, picky. You know how weak our talons are. There's nothing else. We eat what we find, no matter if it's dead three days or still jumping. Flicka winced. I know, but why in the world did I have to get the badger boa? Expressionless, Wutor shook his head. Flicka, he said. Sure, you have great hearing. Sure, you were abandoned here when you were an egg. Top-notch exposition. Get ready for this next part. Sure, you're a girl. I mean, I did introduce the scene with Flicka, the girl vulture. So it's very important that everyone knows she's a girl. Of course. But right now, I'm going to have to be drastic. Go to the outposts of the desert and don't come back till tomorrow. Why? What did she do? Was it just that she was complaining? I don't understand myself. She was just complaining. She was just saying, oh, that meal wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And he's like, well, exiled. Yeah, I can't believe it. Even though you're a girl and you have good hearing, exiled. Yeah, go to jail. Straight to jail. Don't come back till tomorrow. (sighs) Tomorrow! Also, I, you know, you can't see it here, but I am just in love with the exclamation mark, question mark. Oh. Yeah, so whenever whenever I have that kind of, ah, it's usually because the person has the question and the exclamation You were mark. really into that, like, righteous indignation kind of, like, aghastment yeah. with the question. And when you're a teenager, you feel that a lot. So I think this I is... I think that that's the, the punctuation of a teenager, actually. Yeah, this is the very real feeling of, yes, like, not understanding why you've been banished to a desert Honestly, place. though, like, why? I'm an adult and I still don't know. 
I'm still exclamation point question mark. I I wrote this and I also don't know. (laughs) Was it just little baby Jocelyn being like, this is how adults think without logic? Yep. I am very sure this is what was happening. Okay. Well, you know what? And I mean... Not too wrong. Her response is, you know, tomorrow, but you know how boring it is out there. (laughs) Exactly. Now fly. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we had Sigareth and his dad was like exasperated, like just stop whining. Go to your room. And we have Flicka who's like, oh, like my general told me to go to a desert area. Like this sucks because it's boring. So <laughs> the are, worst thing for a kid. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure if this is just what I thought teenagers were like, despite being a teenager. I had that same problem. I would write what I think teenagers were like despite the fact that I was a teenager and I knew what teenagers were like. They were like me. Yes. And yet there's this insane distance that you... Of course, because you're not like other teens. It's like you're looking from the outside at actual teens and you're still bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're taking from other books you've read too. It's true. People who were also bad. It is. That's what it is. You're basing teenagers off of other book teenagers that were badly written. Yeah. It's quite amazing. It's just bad all the way down. (laughs) It really is. So she's banished. With a sour expression on her face, Flicka flew off to the Sabinlin Desert Troops outpost. Why was it always her? What had she done to deserve abandonment? Even though she was part of the Sabinlin Desert Protectors team, an elite force of vultures living in the Sabinlin Desert, she never felt lucky or anything. It was very boring out in the heat. All the other vultures acted like they were all that, too. Plus, Uh she was usually stuck on the boring shifts. (laughs) Probably because she could overhear anything anyone muttered, whispered, or mumbled, and could be a slight nuisance sometimes. A gift of hearing... Perhaps, but also annoying. She was like the little sister to most vultures around the desert troops. Wutor, he was like an annoying big brother. I wish something exciting would happen around here, she mumbled, landing on the cactus nearest the guardian outpost. (laughs) And that's the end of chapter one. You know, that's a pretty good setup. Like, the thing is, that's the setup, is wanting something interesting to happen. That's the main conflict the norm that needs to be changed with the inciting incident is that things are too boring. In the desert. In the desert. And also, we've got this other conflict of the one without an eye who needs to learn how to cook. And this yes. this idea of civilized versus uncivilized. And then the general angst that we have with the king and his son. Yes, which very strangely, we don't really learn anything more about that in the first chapter. All we get is mostly dialogue that these two voices are yelling at each other. Yeah, I, so remind me, I, he's like, you don't understand. Uh, and then I forgot. He's saying, you took away my friend. I have a right to be angry. Okay, so we don't, that's not bad. It's true. We don't know what that means, but it could be a good reason to be angry. That's a good setup. I mean, I'm imagining immediately that this king has exiled or even killed some other person that was the friend of his son. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that dramatic. Yeah, it's really hard to say because I... I clearly have some ideas here involving like vultures being in some sort of fight where their eye gets like busted up. Yeah. So there is some violence in here. There, there is some, violence. a few dark themes. Flicka being abandoned as an egg. 
you know, that there's some weird things going on here. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I thought that you were saying the wrong word. I thought you meant like exiled. Sure. You were abandoned here when you were an egg. Right. That was his big list of things to set up Flicka as a character. Yeah. The exposition. Yeah. You were an egg and you're a girl (laughs) and you have great hearing. Excellent. You mean excellent. That's exactly what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that if I were talking to baby Jocelyn, I would be like a lot of names, a lot of information in this first chapter, a lot of setup and a lot of remembering. And I'm very interested to see how you justify Vulture Kitchens. Yes. And I would love to know what this turns out to be with this concept of cooking food versus eating things whole and wriggling. Yes, I was definitely influenced by Guardians of Gahul by Catherine Lasky, I think the author is. That story, that series is about a bunch of owls who all live in like a big tree, the tree of Gahul. So I definitely was using a lot of that. However, the Guardians of Gahul series puts a lot more effort into their world building for sure in that world i believe that humans actually used to live there and the owls have kind of just taken over because humans probably died and went extinct at some period of time so there are strange buildings and and human things and so there's a very non-zero possibility that as i was writing this i was like oh there can be a big castle and they can just have it because right. it's, you know, they, they didn't have to build it. Right. So you're using this world building that was in another book, but you didn't put any of that in yours. So people who aren't familiar with the owl one will assume that this is just completely vulture built. Yeah, it's that vulture culture. So this is chapter one of how many? There's six chapters here. So chapter two, we begin with Sigareth once again. So at least we haven't forgotten about the king's son. Okay. The moon was veiled that night, covered by thick black clouds. It wasn't raining yet. <laughs> Sigareth stared out of his window of the Maljacross Palace. <laughs> Dare I spell that? I think you should. All right. M A L. G-I-C-R-O-S-S. Maljacross Palace. Well, you know what? They You can say them aloud, which is more than I can say about some modern fantasy names. Yes, that's a good point. Even, even my own names I come up with nowadays, sometimes I forget how to say them. So right. Maljacross, it's quite self-evident. Mm. Yelling at his father, not getting supper, losing a friend. He sighed in frustration. Oh, father, why? Why? <laughs> he blinked as a large raindrop hit him in the eye. Oh, that rhymed. So, like, he can't cry? The rain is crying for him? That's so deep. Did you, like, can they cry? Is this Jocelyn's way, little Jocelyn's way of, like, showing emotion, but because vultures can't cry, you need to have the rain do it for you? <laughs> wow. I have, I hope so. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm I'm not entirely sure if the raindrop is because they physically lack the ability to cry. I also really adore the fact that he lists off his grievances. The last thing on his list is losing a friend and the thing that precedes it is like missing dinner. Yeah, from bad to worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
He blinked as a large raindrop hit him in the eye. Time to close the window. Unless... Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. That's it! He yelled, wincing as he heard his voice echo. He was standing in his room where anyone would expect him to be. He could simply fly away. Oh my god. This is... Is this the first time that he's realized he can fly? He can fly? He can fly! Well, yeah! Maybe go to the Thorvicus realm, the place where his father had come from. I love... Okay, just imagine this as a kid. You're, you've had to fight with your parents, and you're s- sitting in your room, and then the door... There's no door. It just opens onto, like, a track and field track. Yeah. Or, like, an f- open field. And then you're looking out the window, sitting down, and then you're like, that's it! In this big epiphany, as you realize you could just, like, walk outside and run. Yeah. Yeah, just running a straight line over to your friend's house. This is the first time you've realized this. Oh, of course. And yes. you're like the prince. So hopefully you've had some education, but not, you know. I, I, just... I'm not holding out hope for that. Yeah, not. I don't know if there are vulture schools at this point. We'll have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> vulture education may be lim- limited. Uh, his father hated the Thorvicus and the Thorvicus king hated his father. But he didn't, he being uh, Sigareth, I assume. Right. He found the Thorvicus realm to be exciting and a lot more diverse than the desert area of the Maljacross realm. Sheesh, he muttered. I could have done this ages ago and avoided the darker areas of my life. I love that that navigating of uh, that kind of plot element that's a bit shaky on Jocelyn's part. Yeah, he's it's like, like oh. the reason he didn't do it before is just because he didn't think of it. Yeah, I put a little lampshade on there. I was like, look, see, like he's talking about the fact that he didn't think of this before. Yeah, there we go. It's which fixed. excuses it. Of course. Yes. He turned around and quickly, grabbing a piece of paper, wrote a goodbye note. Did he? <laughs> yes, he sure did. They're 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 literate. He can read and write. He can handle, I'm assuming, a quill, because they have feathers galore. Of course. Oh, with his, with what, his beak or his feet? Probably his feet, just kind of balancing precariously and writing with the other foot. Oh, man. Okay. And, and of course, it's a piece of paper, so there are vulture paper millers. There's also vulture uh, lumberjacks. Yep, yep. Unless they use parchment. It's true. Then they have to have vulture tanners. Yes, yeah. Either is a distinct possibility. Right. Then, stretching his wings out wide, he jumped out of his room's window and flew off into the night. Freedom, here I come. <laughs> End scene. Oh, wow. There's always this element in, in kids' books, and by kids' books, I mean books written by kids, where they have to get away from their parents somehow. Yes. They have to construct this this bad enough home life to get away, and it's always quite easy Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can just so, like, leave it. Basically. You can just leave it or like the parents need to die suddenly mm-hmm. or something. This one is amazing. Yeah, he could he, just leave. He could just leave. Fly out. Didn't even doesn't think of any other consequences. The only reason he didn't do it before is just because he didn't think of it. And and the fact that he says the darker areas of his life could have been avoided. Mm. It, it's really like, uh, what? darker areas you're mad because you lost a friend so if you just left earlier would you have also lost the friend or would the friend have gone with you or yeah like does he have too many responsibilities in his life is he like i don't want to be a prince i want to be working class no i think he's just i think it was missing dinner it's true I i also if i were talking to little jocelyn i would probably be like i think these two scenes could have just been one scene 
Yes, that would have been way more exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it would have flowed way better. Mm. Yeah, yeah, honestly, these are very, very short chapters as well, because I was writing them email by email. Right. Uh, so what's his what's his name again? Uh, Sagareth. Sagareth really breezed through that first act of his character arc, um, like, very, very fast. It's true. He, yeah, he, he's he, moving. He really uh, took zero seconds to... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the hero's... Refusal of the call. Yeah. He didn't really do the refusal of the call. It was just he realized he could do it. It was like, yeah. And did it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So next scene. Okay. Okay, Zarathos. Remember everything on the list. Step one: get more spices for Synthethros. Step two: get more herbs for Synthethros. I think those could have been like the same step. Step three: get more paper for Malfin. <laughs> step four: get more ink for Malfin. Zarathos furrowed his brow in thought as he flew over the Ashton Mountains. So now we're in Zarathos's POV. So is he going to like a vulture Walmart? Is, yeah, probably. A, a Walmart? Walmart? A vol- Walmart? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, like he, he can't get the spices in the same place he's getting the paper unless he's going to a convenience store. Yeah. There's got to be like a, a giant market or a Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. And like who knows if it's run by other vultures or like ugh badgers can you imagine (laughs) probably i mean they're like lower class so they'd be working in retail yeah yeah he's upper class because he lives in a mountain above literally upper class yes and uh so here he's quoting someone so i've got like the the three quotation marks good for jocelyn she did it right thank you yeah when you go to the maljacross realm be sure not to draw attention to yourself zarathos that's what malfin said when you go to the Thorvicus realm, don't worry too much about drawing attention to yourself. That's what Sintethros said. So I'm confused and I just read what I just wrote, like, you know, many years ago. Can you remind me, this isn't the guy with the eye patch. No, Malfin is the yes. eye patch guy. This yes. is, have we met this person before? Zarathos is the one who had to chase the badger yeah. out. We're in Zarathos's POV. Okay. He's talking about Sintethros. And again, we haven't met Sintethros That's where yet. I'm mixing it up. And so yes. then we have, this is the fourth POV we've gotten so far. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hang in there. Okay, so thank the, you. Yeah. So Sintethros is busy with an injured marmot at the moment. And Malfin is busy with his map making. So of course, I'm the one to get sent off on errands. He snickered to himself. Of course, who's to say, don't enjoy getting out of the cave once in a while. <laughs> He's going to Sigareth route, except it's like approved by everyone around him. <laughs> right. Secretly, I like going out. Oh, what a little rascal. Yeah. And I need to get to the two realms for more food. That badger cleaned out the entire pantry. That's, how did he even manage to waste trillions of herbs? I know. Like trillion is such a specific, huge number. I know. I could just said a bunch yeah and we would be we wouldn't be questioning it right now we wouldn't i bet baby jocelyn would have gone for a bigger number had she known one quadrillion yeah traditionally the ashton mountains were a part of the thorvicus realm but recently the king of that realm had neglected them no doubt the rumors about malfin had something to do with it Soon the mountains began to thin until only a long stretch of long, open grassland. <laughs> Sorry, it's the, th- the thinning of the mountains. Until only a long stretch of long, open grassland. It's, mm. the, it's the repetition for right. me, bro. <laughs> Spread out before him. To the far right, a tiny sparkle of light indicated the city of the Maljacross realm. So they have electricity. There are cities, yep. Or, or fire, but... No, it it's like going to be the, electricity. It's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, it's the daytime. Right. Much closer, the tower of the Thorficus 
jutted out of its city. Coming from the Thorvicus city was a vast forest, stopping at a silvery ribbon, the Quando River. Quando is Q-U-A-N-D-O. Okay. That was the boundary that marked where the Thorvicus realm came to an end and no man's land began. Then... After the stark bareness of the no man's land, a dry-looking stretch appeared going right into Maljacross City. Oh my god. Diverse, muttered Zarathos, <laughs> but very hard to fly over in one day. Shall you try to do it, Zarathos? He grinned before answering himself. Why not? And seen. I think I like this guy. He's so delighted by the little things. I secretly like going out. He he. Do I dare going for longer? I think I will. Zarathos says yes. <laughs> you daredevil, you. That's me. I love. I love the repetition of diverse. By the way. I don't, like it doesn't. I don't think it means what I think it means. It the isn't. way I'm using. You're this. talking about different like landscapes. That's what you're thinking of. But what I'm thinking is like, he's like looking over and just being like diverse. And I don't know if this is like a positive or a negative way he's saying it. Right. Like, is he just like, oh, I bet there's like badgers and like, imagine if there's robins there. That's going to be such a pain to deal with. Oh, yeah. We're just hearing the racist mutterings of this guy flying over. Uh, And man, he flies over a lot. It, yeah, he does. He's been basically flying all day. Just to get to Walmart. I know, right? Well, we have uh, we have one scene left. Okay. Zarathos walked through the streets of the Maljacross city, dodging all the other vultures populating the alleys. So they are walking. Like, why would they fly, right? It's a human city. Oh. <laughs> so they have to walk. All these birds are just walking. W- wandering around. Im- imagine seeing this. I am. With your eyes. I am. It's <laughs> delightful, actually. Somehow, the Maljacross vultures had figured out how to make living spaces out of the clay that was abundant at the edge of the city. So there are vulture architects. Well, like, there are palaces and towers, so why is he so shocked that they can make mud shacks? Yeah, this this seems like the, the somehow I don't think is from Zarathos. I think the somehow is from author Jocelyn just saying, I know this doesn't make any sense, but somehow... They were able to do this. I was this. not, this was not making sense a long time, since you mentioned a hall. This, yeah. That's what didn't make sense. I could actually accept the mud shacks better than I can accept the towering palace. Isn't but that interesting? At, at least she mentioned it. Yeah. She I, doesn't say how, though. She just says somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm acknowledging it. Once again, I'm like hanging a little lamp on there it. There we go. A little shade on it. Like, look. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Therefore, since nearly every vulture liked to be high up, the blocks of houses were almost as tall as the city's tower itself. So is it really a tower if everything else is as tall as it? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to imagine these houses made out of muck and mud that are as tall as a tower. Yeah. And like, how tall is a tower for a vulture? Yeah, it has to be super tall. It's gotta be really tall. Vultures go really high up. Yeah, now I'm impressed again, and I don't know how this vulture did it. And also, there are trees everywhere. Yeah, it's it seems as though he ended up making it to, like, the clay region. Okay, so this is just Mud City, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's how that's how landscapes work when you're a young writer, especially. Is yeah. It's like, this is the forest space, and this is the clay land, and this that's is the, the desert. Mountain, this is the desert. Yeah, right. very distinct, because it's like a video game. Ah. Uh. The blocks of houses were almost as tall as the city's tower itself. This led to it being very dark in the streets, as well as very, very crowded. 
and it was raining. If he hadn't figured out how to fight claustrophobia, Zarathos would have flown right out of the narrow spaces and gone to the market that way. But that would draw attention to me, and that's not a good thing, muttered Zarathos, darting into a relatively empty alleyway. Finally, a part of this city that shielded his ears from everything a vulture hated. How the vultures here coped with crowded and loud conditions, he had no idea. He slowly came to the end of the alley and... Crack! Ouch! Zarathos, comma, stepped back, comma, so that's unfortunate, <laughs> reeling from the blow that had nearly cracked his skull. Who are you? Several question marks. A young, wide-eyed vulture stared at Zarathos, looking a bit dazed. So this was who he'd run into. Black feathers, swore Zarathos. Might I ask you the same question? These streets are dangerous for young vultures like you. The young vulture looked like he was going to protest and thought better of it. He held up one foot and showed Zarathos his talons. Good enough? Zarathos's eyes nearly bugged out of his sockets. Great marmots. I'd say those are good enough. <laughs> so you've had two expletives. Black feathers. Black feathers and... Great marmots. This Which, is delightful. Isn't it funny, too, that Sintathros, this mysterious other vulture, uh, is taking care of a marmot. And so Zarathos uses marmot as an expletive. I was going to say earlier, too, like, why are they healing a marmot but swallowing a vole? I I also don't have a good answer for that. I, I mean, neither did the Lion King. Marmots are a little bigger. So perhaps marmots are just like they have sentience, but voles didn't quite. You know, so is it a it size yet. thing, I wonder, or is it just random? Like some animals are like, they deserve to live while others are just fair game. Yeah, it could Or be. is it just a, an extremely bloody society where everybody's sentient, but you could get eaten by another sentient creature? Yeah, like maybe tomorrow Sintathros is like, oh, I took care of that marmot, all right. <laughs> and everyone's like, great marmot, Sintathros. Dinner was great. <laughs> <laughs> you never quite know it's a roll of the dice when you go to the healer it's so true you never know <laughs> i also i just finally i i was honestly a bit dumbstruck here where i couldn't quite figure out what i meant by zarathos saying these streets are dangerous for young vultures like you and then the young vulture holding up his talons i guess they're really big yes so i guess he's actually safe is what this is supposed to mean Zarathos is supposed to see those talons and go oh you can protect yourself so after all it's the equivalent of like a man running into a teenage boy in the street and being like you shouldn't be out here and then just like him popping a double by shot and flexing his muscles like good enough yeah and then the adult's like oh okay great marmots Get great marmots <laughs> i'd say those are good enough he gave a grin that was supposed to be disarming and moved to the side of the alley i hope you weren't injured by a run-in i wasn't paying attention to where i was going so he blamed him for being out in the street after he ran into him. And then the guy's like, I got weapons. And he's like, sorry for running into you. That was my fault. Yeah, you know, you know how it is. Not a problem. The vulture looks suspiciously at Zarathos. Thanks. For what? Bye, he breathed, darting by <laughs> Zarathos and disappearing around another corner. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for what? Oh, and like, why was that suddenly uh, like... The breathed is very strange. You don't usually see that except in romance novels. Yeah, like that's just like, oh, it was an unnecessary tag because he already had one. Exactly. And then like you needed us to know that this was like, bye. 
Ta ha ha Unless. <laughs> but it's a little Jocelyn, so it's probably like you're trying to make this person suspicious. Yeah, I think I think it's like actually meant to be like when you just kind of say something quickly, like you're kind of leaving and you don't really yeah. like you hope that they heard you, but you don't want to keep talking to them. Love these like very, very fast intros and outros of people. Like we're just building up the character list at this point. So of course we need to know though, this mysterious vulture is Sigareth. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Here's here. Okay. Last okay. last paragraph of the chapter. If my vision hasn't deteriorated, I think that was. <laughs> this is the weirdest sentence ever. I can't even read it properly. <laughs> if my vision hasn't deteriorated, I think that was Sigareth Malgacross, King Malgacross's son. <laughs> is how we learn that bombshell. <laughs> wow. So it's like he's trying to say, if I'm not mistaken, that was Sigareth Malkacross. Well, if I hadn't mistaken. But instead he <laughs> if my says, eyes don't deceive me. If my vision hasn't deteriorated. Like somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a subtle dig at poor depressed Malpin who still hasn't gone over it after a whole year. <laughs> Oh my god. You know what? That's not bad. I I would say that the execution of that like reveal leaves something to be desired, perhaps. I like this idea that people know what the king's son looks like, which makes me imagine that there's like vulture TV. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, definitely like giant vulture get-togethers. Right. At any rate, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. So so Zarathos wonders, what was he doing out here in this clay mud city. Zarathos spent a few moments in thought Aaron's forgotten. Malfin must know about this. <laughs> Ignoring everything Malfin had told him. Don't. Zarathos spread his wings and flew <sighs> out of the cramped city. If Come he didn't on. <laughs> Zarathos. I know he had like five jobs and he just dumped them all to the side. You spent all day coming to the market. You could have at least grabbed a few herbs before going back like that. Perhaps some ink or paper for Malfin. Now he's right. gonna show up to Malfin and Malfin's gonna be like, hey, where's my ink and paper? And he'll be like, The king's son was in the city. And he'll he's be like, like, Oh wow, I wish I could write that down. <laughs> Did you get the paper? And he's like, What? What paper? And ink? He's what? not to be trusted to go on errands. Yeah, I it does make me kind of like him even more, though, because he's, like, super gossip. Oh, for sure. He's the best character so far. Yeah, yeah. If he didn't get to the Ashton Mountain soon, the only male heir to the throne could be annihilated by the Blackfeathers all too soon. In strange times like this, it was good to have friends. End of chapter two. What? What sentiment is that to end on? Who's the friend? Malfin, probably. But, like, he's like, in the times like this, it's good to have a friend to chat and gossip with. Or is he being friends with the kid that he met? Sigareth. Sigareth, and like helping him not get killed. Yeah, like that's the first thing that I would honestly change here. Like if I was giving my younger self some some suggestions for here, like one of the biggest things. This is one where I think it would be way more interesting to have Zarathos follow this kid. Not just dump everything and fly back to his friends in yeah. the mountain, but 
Instead, maybe the king's son starts flying, and that's a no-no, but Zarathos is like, I have to find out what's going on, so I'm also going to fly after him. That would make more sense. That would be a reason that I could accept that he just, like, abandons every errand he has, because that is a thing that he needs to do right now if he doesn't follow he's going to lose this guy. Like, it's interesting, too, because I'm pretty sure that, um, like, I I think this is the second time the phrase or the, the title Black Feathers is mentioned. And griffin vultures are brown colored. So they have, like, nice, nice brown feathers. Like, like that's why they're one of my favorites, because they have, like, an interesting look. Whereas I have a feeling the black feathers are meant to be based off of turkey vultures and, and oh. black vultures. Yeah, so those ones have, like, black feathers, and they're, I mean, again, they're very pretty. Uh, The wingspan is gorgeous. It's just that they're more like the typical, quote-unquote, ugly vultures that we With, like, the red head. Yes, yes, and you definitely see those ones just sitting in in dead animals on the side of the road. Okay, all right. It's a good setup. You know what? For little 14-year-old Jocelyn... This isn't bad. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, this is actually not... And the writing isn't that bad. I, I'm actually very impressed. Like, there's definitely things where I've just been like, oh, goodness, just, but that's like normal. It, yeah, I, I would look at this and think, okay, there's something here. The style is simple, but that's not a bad thing. Mm, it, would, yeah. it would work as a middle grade type of writing. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Like, it, it probably could fall into that Guardians of Gahul kind of Yeah, age, or even was... like Silverwing is very yes. similar. Yes. Yes, yes, definitely Silverwing too, because that that's also like bats, but sometimes humans are human architectures involved, yeah. and humans are sometimes making an appearance in there. I, I am also like, huh, interesting. I wonder, I wonder what I wrote for all of this. Mm. I know for sure that I had so much lore for this at one point that I was just like writing and drawing pictures of and stuff, and so I'm not sure how much of that's going to actually end up in this story as written. Because a common thing with young writers right. is that we just come up with all the information around it and don't actually put it in the story. Right. No, but all in all, it's not, it's not a bad setup. Well, I, I, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going with these characters, of which I already have a favorite. Zarathos, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can call him Zero for short. Zero. Okay. I feel like he's my main protagonist, really. Yep. Yeah, it's like when you read those multi-POV books and you're like, this one's mine. Yeah. He has the most interesting thing so far. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think. He's a gossip and makes rash decisions. Yeah. And also, like, I like this idea that we had earlier where it was like, maybe they'd heard about uh, Malfin. Right. Yeah. The, and I'm like, ooh, what, what about him? There's like, some intrigue there's there. There's some controversy with him. Mm-hmm. He's been canceled in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Not just his eye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a pretty... Well, we're looking forward to the next one, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on this. the first two chapters of... <laughs> an ancient text that was written when I was 14 or 15 called Feathers of Night. (laughs) I enjoyed listening. And if you are interested in finding out what happens next to all these colorful characters, then tune in next time to what is our podcast name? Bad writing is better than no writing. Excellent. Yes. And then in future episodes, we will be going into other works by Jocelyn and works by me, uh, different writing styles, Different genres. Different genres. Different problems. Different problems, indeed. Uh, So thank you for listening, and uh, do some writing today.